Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I want to speak a message that, of just encouragement this morning. Um, you know, sometimes we have messages that are um, hard, straightforward, and we need those. Can you say amen? How many know we need those? We need the ones that are the truth. We need to hear what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. But sometimes we need a message that encourages us and just reminds us how much God loves us. Amen? Amen? How, how much he really, really loves us, and not only how much he loves us, how much he knows us, and how that he made us. And I want to speak this morning, if you're taking notes, called God Made Me Unique. Amen? God made you unique. There's a powerful thought in this, and we're going to read Ephesians chapter 2, and then I want to share some things with you that I was thinking about this week. Verse 10, if you're there, give me an amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Father, I pray this morning for just a few minutes that you would speak through me, Father, and get, let what I have in my heart come out of my mouth. Let everybody that's here be transformed by your word this morning. I pray for anybody here that's got burdens, that's got needs, that's going through something that, Lord, you would speak directly to them. And they would know this morning that they are valued, that they are important, that they are special, and that they are unique, God, and they're made by you in your image. I just pray for a spirit of encouragement to fill this place this morning. I come against every spirit of darkness that would hinder your word, that would cause us to be tired or thinking about other things, that we would just focus on you for just a few minutes this morning, God, and that you would arrest our minds, that we could hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. And we ask these things in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So reading this again, it says, We are his workmanship created in God, for, in Jesus, for good works. How many believe we have a creator? I don't, it doesn't matter what school teaches us. How many believe God created the world? Amen? And, and so when we begin to think about God creating us, I, I talk about this a lot, and I want to kind of mention it again this morning. I love sunsets, for example. Me and my wife were walking through our neighborhood the other day, and uh, we were actually joking that we, we, we're old now. Because we were going to go to a movie, and we decided to go walk the neighborhood. So I think that it makes us officially old. And we didn't go to the movies. We just went and walked. And so, I, I don't know if it's old or not, but we felt old. We texted our daughters and said, we are officially old. But as we were walking, the, it just stopped raining. It was beautiful. out. How many know when it just stops raining, the sun looks more beautiful, the sunset looks more beautiful, everything's more... So I, it was a beautiful sunset, and then neither one of us took our phones which was actually a good thing, but then we wish we would have had it to take the picture, right? So I told her, don't worry about it. They don't come out as good in the pictures anyways. But you see that sunset. You see a sunrise. You just see these things that God made. You start to think about the universe that's so big this morning that we can't even find the end of it, okay? We know we're in a big world, but we're in a universe that the scientists say is expanding and continues to grow. And I like to think about how how we have a God that is so big that he made the universe that he said, let there be light and boom, amen. We always joke about that. If people want to believe in the big boom, we believe in the big boom too, amen. God said, let there be light and boom, there was light. How many believe that this morning? And so he, he spoke those things into existence. They, they came into being 
And that same God who made the stars, who made the universe, who made this earth, who made the animals, who made us, made, made us unique. Every single one of us different. Every single one of us different from everybody else on the planet this morning. And I began to think about, if, about DNA, for example. How many know we've got DNA in our bodies? And inside of our bodies, I, this is a crazy stat if you'll think about this. If you unraveled all the DNA in your body, it doesn't matter if you're 6'4 like me or you're 5'6 or you're 7 foot, we have a lot of DNA in us. And if you were to take that DNA and unravel it and straighten it out in a line, you know how long that line would be? I said this this morning in the first service. I said 34 miles. Can you imagine if, D if our DNA spread out spanned 34 miles? That would be a lot, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be amazing that all, all that inside of our body would span 34 miles? But that, that was a very small number. The actual number of how long our DNA would be if we spread out our DNA line to line on each other would be 34 billion miles. 34 billion miles. I just went to Africa last month and went 9,000 miles. That was a long ways. I thought I, I had literally been to the other side of the world. That 9,000 miles compared to 34 billion miles. Now, if that might not make sense for some of us. It might not uh, be able to, 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 to fathom that. And that alone, I should just say amen right now. We could go home right there on that. The DNA in our bodies spans out 34 billion miles. The distance of that in something we can understand a little better is that it would stretch from here to the sun and back 100 times. I mean, no, the sun's a long ways away. All that is in our body. That right there is enough to make you go, right? Like I just, I'm trying to wrap my mind around that, and it's hard. But I think about that, and, I, and I, then I think about, how about this? Many of the atoms that are in your body, the calcium in your bones, and the iron in your blood, scientists say, came from a humongous explosion of a star. So when that star exploded, the atoms that, are in, that were in that star are in our bones and in our blood. And I thought about this too. I thought, you know what? That's true. Science said that a big star blew up, and that star's name was God. Amen? Amen? Everything he made is in us. And to think, like how many have ever heard the verse, and you could read Genesis 2-7 later. I'm actually not even going to use it this morning. It's where, where God breathed into us life. That when he breathed in life, life into us, all that power to make the universe came into us. That's a lot of power. So we're unique this morning. Here's one more stat I want to give you. They say when they try to count that there might be as many as three sextillion stars in the universe. Sextillion. Three sextillion. Now, if that doesn't make sense to you, that's a, that's a three followed by 23 zeros. That's, I get to like the, the six zeros, nine zeros, and that's as far as my mind can go, right? But 23 zeros after the three is how many stars they think there are. Now, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 2, sorry, 22, and I want to show you something really cool. Genesis 22. Let me hear those pages turning or your phones flipping or something. I want you to look at this this morning. Genesis 22. If you don't have it, listen to this carefully. Give me an amen when you get there. Here's an interesting fact about the stars in the universe. So there's, there's as they can count, three sextillion stars in the universe. 
And then they went on to say this. This is interesting. They said that that's about probably how many sands are, there are on the seashore. Okay? And when I read that, it got me so excited because I thought about God when he spoke to Abraham. And I love to hear when science says something that God said a long time ago. Come on, somebody. I love to hear somebody say something, and God was like, I said that thousands of years ago. Before you ever got the technology to understand it. Amen? Nothing wrong with science. Listen, the more I serve God and the more I read the Bible, the more science. I love science because it just proves God's real. More and more and more. And so they, they said this statement, three sextillion stars in the universe, that's a three followed by 23 zeros, that's as, like the grains of the sand on the earth. So Genesis, God speaks to Abraham, if you don't know what this story is, and he says, I want you to go sacrifice your son Isaac, and we know the story, he goes, he's about to bring the sword down and sacrifice him out of obedience, God says, stop, I didn't really want you to do it, I was testing you, and we know that he says, don't do it, and then he says these words, right, here's the following words, he says, blessing I will bless you. How many would like to be blessed twice in the same sentence? Blessing, I will bless you. Amen. And he says, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. Look what God says to Abraham 6,000 years ago. As the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. That was spoken thousands of years ago, and here's the scientists comparing the amount of stars with the amount of sand on the seashore, and God said that back in Genesis. You know what that does for me? That makes me realize that God is unique with me, and I'm unique with God. Amen? Not in a weird way, but in a good way, meaning that I'm special. Tell the person next to you, you're special this morning. Amen? Now, right before we get into a few more verses... I actually do want to read this. Don't look at this for time. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, You're a chosen generation. Does that, does that excite you to think that the same God who flung the stars in the universe chose you, chose me to live for him? We are all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. Amen? We become God's children when we accept that he chose us. So he says, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And then he says, His own special people. That's why I told you to tell someone next to you, they're special. We are special this morning. As children of God, we are special. And he says, here's why we're on the earth. Because I said this a couple weeks ago, if you'll remember, when I was talking about that pastor that committed suicide. I was talking about depression and anxiety. And I was mentioning how how important it is that we, we recognize those symptoms of depression and things that can cause us to get there. And the fifth one was the most important one, I believe, of all of them. And it was that you have to wake up with a purpose every morning. Do y'all remember that? You have to wake up with a reason to live. You have to wake up and say, I've got something to do today. I've got someone to share my faith with. Here's what our purpose is. I'm just going to give you the general of it. For all of us, it's all the same. Although it's unique how we get there. God's purpose is for us all to go to heaven. He wants all of us to be in heaven with him. Amen? So that's the first one. And the second one is, sometimes we make things difficult. It's like, man, what do I got to do on this earth? What's my purpose? Well, the general idea is easy. The, the specific part is not. And that's where each of us have to follow God and hear his voice. But the general is, go to heaven, live a life through him. So I go to heaven. And the second one is... Get people there with me. Take people to heaven with me. Isn't that what God put us here for? 
Here's what he says in that next verse. I mean, you change mics? Okay. Chris has been looking at me for like five minutes. Amen. Well, I'm just going to tear it off then because it's not staying on me good anyways. Oh, I guess I should turn it Everybody stare at Chris. Hello. Why don't you say something about the movie while I get inside? Oh, uh, well, uh, come out to the movie because I said so. <laughs> uh, the movie starts at 530. Uh, doors open anyways at 530. They'll be serving food, so come hungry. The food's not free. I'm not buying you dinner. That's Chris for you. That's, how, that's, that's not made up. That's how he is. Straight to the point. Amen. All right. Where was I? Thank you. Purpose. So God says that our purpose is to get to heaven and to take people with us. So 1 Peter 2.9 says that you would proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what our job is. The reason the whole world isn't excited this morning is because they don't know they're in darkness. They're in darkness, and they can come out of darkness into light. They can, they can become somebody for God. They can have a reason to wake up in the morning, but they're still in darkness. So he says, now, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, my special people, that you would proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're his workmanship. And we're his chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. And then he says in Isaiah 64, 8, listen to this. Many of you know this verse. He says, you, Lord, are our father. Isaiah says, we are the clay and you are the what? The potter. Think about that. We are the clay and he is the potter. And it says, we are all the work of your hand. Now, hopefully, you're, you're getting this this morning. You're, you're relating the fact that God, we, it doesn't matter if it was physical or spiritual, his hand created this universe. You've seen that picture before with the, the world, got the old song, got the whole world in his hands, right? I thought you all going to sing with me. I was going to continue, but you didn't sing with me. So you got that picture, and, and we know that he created the world, and the Bible says that we're, we're so, so I'm not making this up. This is God's word. He says this. He says, I am the potter and you are the clay. He says in Ephesians, you are my workmanship. Has anybody in here ever worked with wood or painted or, or done sculpting or done anything with metal or anything like that? If you've done any of those things, it's amazing what you can do with your hands. And God with his hands says we are his workmanship. And so we, we need to understand this morning. This is an encouragement for you to understand that God has something for you to do, but you have to do it uniquely. And so we all have the, we all have the call to go to heaven, and we all have to take people with us, but how we do that is unique. And God doesn't use all of us the same way, but he has the same purpose. And so inside of that, I say, okay, God, you're my workman. I'm your workmanship. I'm the clay. You're the potter. I know what I need to do. You teach me uniquely how to do it. And God is not going to use all of us the same way because we all have different gifts. And that's in 1 Corinthians 12, which I'm not going to get into today. But this is a message for you to walk out of here this morning realizing you are special. You are unique. I began to think of some other things that are scientific facts. You know, you think about the fingerprint. I, I've actually done a message called God's Fingerprint. It's one of my favorite messages I ever preached Amazing to think 
that as you look at your finger, those marks on your finger, those prints on your finger that were formed by God, nobody else in the whole world has that same thing as me. You know, it would be amazing if that was the case just in here. If I were to say, you know, if we were to think none of us have the same fingerprint, that's pretty amazing just in here. But when you realize there's seven and a half billion people in the world, and at this moment nobody has the same fingerprint as you, how amazing is that? That ought to remind you how special you are. That ought to remind you that God is thinking about you. I began to look at some other things that the body teaches us or science teaches us out of the body. You know, I used to always focus on the fingerprint, and some of you may know this, some of you might not know all these things, but there's other parts of our body that are also perfectly and wonderfully made. As Psalm says, the iris of your eye, for example. I thought this was so cool, and I'm going to read this to you. The iris is the muscle that opens and closes the pupil to control how much light enters the eye. Okay, so inside of that iris, we have tiny textural patterns inside the iris. Tiny textural patterns. And that we know that DNA determines the color and the structure of the iris, but the pits, the furrows, the swirls, and the rifts, they call them, all are made individually and uniquely, and listen to this, made in the fetus when the baby is being formed. That's when it starts. And it is unique, totally unique to anybody else. And it, it, it happens out of God's hand, together with that baby opening and closing their eyes in the fetus. And, and, and this is why um, we talk about how important it is to understand that God at conception, a person is, is, a, is a, at conception is a person, amen? Not when they're born, at conception. They're, they're formed in, God's, in, in the mother's womb by God. But what an interesting thing that those patterns in the eye are formed by that. Now grab your hand and put it on your ear. Some of you say, it's cold. Is your, is your ear cold? That ear that you have, feel, feel the ridges, feel the curves, doesn't seem like that would be so different. How could it be possible, but it's true that none of us have the same ear? Isn't that amazing? None of us have the same ear. Those curves, even though they're very similar, this is a small area, none of them, they're the same. The lips that we have all have prints. I was joking about this in the first message. That I, Have you ever watched a movie? And, and these are like high-paid actors, and they're in a scene where they're going to kiss or something, and they need chapstick, and you're thinking, didn't somebody tell them that their lips were really chapped? They're famous actors and actresses. But all those chapped lips and all those lines are formed like a fingerprint. They're all different. Now, the forensic people will say the reason they don't use lips is because criminals don't go around kissing things when they're stealing. Otherwise, they'd use lips as well as they do fingerprints. But our lips are different. Like a fingerprint, the tongue, our tongue, as common as that is, has no, no one else has the same tongue as you. All the patterns, all the way it's formed, the size is all different. Amen? Your voice, I know that sounds crazy because maybe see, always they sound like, but everybody has a different voice. That's why sometimes we can recognize, well, most of the time we can recognize people's voices on the phone. Every, God gave every single one of us a different voice. Now, some of you are thinking, I wish I'd have got a better voice, amen, so I could be on the voice. How many like to be on the voice, amen, get a chance to sing or something? Some of you are what they call, make, some of us, I should say, is where the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, amen. Our teeth, 
Our teeth are unique. Nobody has the same set of teeth. The way they're formed, the size, all those different things. You begin to think about that, church, and you complexly add that to 7.5 billion people. That's called intelligent design by a creator. Amen? Now, the last one I want you to look, or or, sorry, another verse I want you to look at is in Psalms. If you go to Psalms 139, anybody that knows me knows this is one of my many favorite verses. But I love this chapter in Psalms 139. I believe that several people are going to get this, but if this is just for one person, that's okay. Because I got up this morning just for you. I prepared this just for you. Psalm 139. The Holy Spirit's speaking this just to you this morning. This is so powerful. So here we are thinking, just to kind of get us, to get us on the same page here. We're trying to realize that here we are on this earth just tiny little people like an ant would look like. And we're like ants. You look down at those ants and they're so small. That's how God look, would look at us in the scale of things. And the scale of the world. Everything is just, it's just such an amazing contrast. But that same God that seems so far away loves me and created me in my mother's womb and knows me. And this is pretty interesting. How many know the verse, Jeremiah chapter 1, which is another one of my many favorite verses? Verse 5. Does anybody know what that verse is? Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. He says, before I was formed in my mother's womb, you knew me. Before I was formed in my mother's womb, you knew me. Okay, Jeremiah wrote that. But Jeremiah was not alive at the same time as David who wrote Psalms. Now watch what David says in Psalm 139, verse 1. You mean amen if you're there. O Lord, you have searched me and have known me. See, he knows us. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Isn't that powerful to think that God knows my getting up and my going down? You know, sometimes we're at a place and we think, God doesn't know what I'm going through. God doesn't know what I'm thinking right now. God doesn't understand. Yes, he does. Yes, he does, the scripture says. Now watch how intimate God gets in verse 13. These are my two favorite verses. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Church, this is a miracle for David to be able to speak something like this. You know, a lot of times in 2018, we kind of take for granted the technology that we have. That we have. We kind of, we understand uh, David and Brianna just went and got a, a um, sonogram and got to see their baby. Amen. When someone's, when someone's uh, having a baby, they get to go look at that stomach and see what it, now see what it is, what a baby is before it's born. They had no clue what that technology was back in their day. They had never seen the inside of a body. And yet today we kind of take for granted all this technology we have, but God is speaking these things through them and saying things that in their minds they could not even grasp at that time. And I want to I just say something that's important here. I mentioned this in the first service. Very important to me and to God. We need to understand that we need to be pro-life as believers. Okay, pro-life. Now, this is not to step on anybody's toes who, who disagrees with that or step on anybody's toes who's ever had an abortion or any of those things. That's in the past. That's gone, can't do anything about it. That's eggs you can't unscramble. 
But God shows us right here in his word that when a baby is conceived, they are a person. At a person. It ain't certain months in the womb. It ain't at the, at the birth. It's when they're conceived, if you're reading the Bible right here. He says, you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Now watch this. Watch verse 14. You still here? I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Look at verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You still reading? Watch what 16 says. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet none of them were. Do you see what that says in verse 16? Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Isn't that amazing that God, listen, God knew us before our parents knew each other. That's an intimate God. Can I say that again? Did y'all grab that? You've heard the saying, before I was a twinkle in my dad's eye, way before that, God knew us. No baby ever born is a mistake. There might be a mistake made for it to happen, but no baby's ever made uh, by a mistake because God fearfully and wonderfully makes us. That's what the Word of God says. And, and I was mentioning this to, to a family this week. I thought it was really cool. I happened to see this a few months ago, and it just reminded me. There's a, a, um, a lady who has a ministry, and she has had, had had an abortion in her past, and she got saved and gave her life to the Lord. And she had a passion to go and reach out to ladies who were thinking about having an abortion. And so she actually went and uh, purchased a vehicle and, and put all the stuff inside of it so that she could have medical stuff in there. And she goes and she parks it outside of Planned Parenthood places. And when those mothers come out of there where they have decided to get an abortion, she very nicely says, can I have five minutes of your time? And if they'll come in, she takes them into that truck, and they, they, they lay them down, and they do a sonogram, and they let them hear the baby's heartbeat. And once they hear the baby's heartbeat, nine out of ten times, that woman doesn't get an abortion. Because before they hear that heartbeat, it doesn't calculate that it's a person. Are you all still here? I'm preaching better than your amen, and by the way. This is truth. This is truth. Am I preaching the Bible? Okay. God loves babies. Amen. And we need to let them have the choice. Amen. Now, you can come argue with me after. You have anything you want to argue with me about. Amen. But I'm telling you, the Bible says that we were formed in our mother's womb and we were our substance being yet unformed. He saw us. He knew us. He wrote these things in our book. And I say these things because I want you to know how special and how important you are to God. Think about Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 to 31. He says this. Many of you have heard this story. He says, not even a single sparrow can fall to the ground without me knowing it. So that bird that died on the way to church this morning that you saw on the side of the road, God knows about it. Amen? And then he says, and, and the very hairs on your head are numbered. 
And he knows how many hairs are on our head. He knows everything about us. He knows all the details about us. He's a unique God. And that same God that did those amazing things in the universe created us. So we need to remind ourselves when we're down or discouraged that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. He says, don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than the whole flock of sparrows. Amen? I want to close with a couple uh, verses here in the Bible. Many of you know this one. This is one of them, Jeremiah 29, 11. says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. How many know that's God's plan for all of us? Hope and a future to prosper us, a good life, that, just like a good parent. But I want you to go to the, if you would, to the book of Esther really quickly. That's before Psalms. If you, if you have a hard time finding Esther, it's right before Psalms. And I want you to just see something here that's important in the book of Esther, chapter 4. And as you're getting there, in this story, if you don't know the story of Esther, there's actually a movie out that you can see that's really good. This woman has an opportunity to make a choice. We all have choices every day. This is what I was talking about when we realize that we have a purpose. We need to wake up tomorrow and say, God, whose life am I supposed to intersect today? Who am I supposed to talk to? Who am I supposed to share my faith with? Who am I supposed to tell about Jesus so that they know who you are? That's what God is looking for us to do. Esther had an opportunity. She's being cheered on by her uncle, Mordecai, and she uh, is told by him, you've got to do something. You've got to make a difference. And when we are realizing our purpose, it positions us to be in a place for what the Bible calls such a time as this. That's what happens when we hold on to what God has called us to be, where we can be in the place where God wants us to be. Amen? When we hold on to what God wants us to be, we can be in the place God needs us to be. But if we're not believing who God made us to be, we're not going to be in the place God needs us to be because we're going to be in bed, depressed. Or we're going to be somewhere else mad. But if we'll be in the right place at the right time, God can do a miracle. And you see here in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, he says, If you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And he says, Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We know the story. Esther had favor of God to be chosen to be in there with that king. And she was able to, to, to stand in and speak truth to him. And she says on the, down there a little lower, if I perish, I perish. But she was able to be in that place because at some point she realized that she had a unique call by God and that she was important and she was special and she saved the entire race of the Jewish people at that time because she was at the right place at the right time. But the reason she was at the right place is because she had the right frame of mind. She knew who she was in God. Do you ever think sometimes maybe I'm not doing what God wants me to do because I don't believe in myself who I am that God's called me to be? You listen too much to what people say about you. I want you to be encouraged this morning that God loves you. Amen? I want you to be encouraged that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want to close in Psalms 139. He says, you saw me, verse 16, before I was born. This is another, total another Psalms. And he says, every day of my life, 
was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now, we've talked about this in the past. This doesn't mean that God ordained things and set things in motion and that we are robots. That's not what he means. It means that his plan was perfect. Just like parents in here, if you have kids, you have a perfect plan. How many parents say, I want my kid to be a doctor. I want my kid to be this. I want my kid to be a, a firefighter. I want my kid to be a police officer, a lawyer. They have all these plans. Kids don't always do what their parents want them to do. But the parents have a plan, and they, they want them to be prosper, and they want them to be happy, and they want them to have a good marriage. Well, those are the wishes of a parent. God has plans for us that are good. we got to walk them out. But we're not going to walk them out if we don't remember that we're unique. And the way God speaks to me is not the exact same way he speaks to you. And the way God uses me is not the same exact way God uses you. I said this last week. God can use me to reach people you can't reach. God can use you to reach people I can't reach. There's, there's a uniqueness there. Have you ever, how many times, if you don't believe that, you don't think that's true? How many times have you prayed for a loved one and said, God, please send someone to them that will reach them? How many times have you prayed that? If you don't think that's true, you've tried to reach them. You've tried to share your faith with them. You've tried to be the example to them. They're not hearing it, so you, you, go, you turn to that. God, please send someone to them that will reach them. I've got family members like that. I've got friends. I've tried. But God's got a unique person that can reach that person. God's got someone that's going to come in. This is what's funny. God's got someone that's going to come in and say everything you've said. But they're going to say it in a unique way. And it's going to reach them. Right? And they're going to be like, yeah. And then they're going to come running to you and they're going to say, man, I gave Jesus my life. And, and you're going to think, I told you all that about six years ago. But God needed to use someone unique. And you are that somebody for somebody. Every time you pray, I think I said this Wednesday or Sunday, it's really been in my spirit. Every time I pray, God, send someone to that family member. Send somebody to that person to be that light. i got to be reminded that I might be that person for somebody else's prayer. I'm that person. Someone else is praying, God, send, send that someone to, to, to my son. Send someone to my daughter. And that's me. I'm the one. i got to listen. But I'm not going to do what God called me to do if I don't believe who I am in God fearfully and wonderfully made that I'm unique that I'm breathed that God breathed this spirit into me for a purpose and sometimes the maybe the things I don't think are talents or the things that I think are weaknesses are strengths you know the older you get the more you realize that and I don't consider myself super old but I think the older you get the more you realize that God has allowed some things in your life on purpose He's allowed to, you to go through some certain roads on purpose. And, and what's, what, what's one of the hardest things to teach a younger person? To get, to get them to listen to an older person. They, we don't know, older people don't know nothing. When you're a certain age, older people don't know anything. And all of a sudden you get older and you say, man, mom and dad knew everything. And that person knew everything. But no one wants to listen when they're younger. That's, if we could just be unique, we could get that earlier at a younger age. God said, listen, I'll speak to you. Let me know God will speak to you if you'll ask. He'll speak to you. I'll never forget. I'll give you this last story as I close. This story has always been in my spirit all these years. I've always tried my best. 
to affirm my daughters. Tell them that they're beautiful and tell them that they're smart and just just, just love on them as much as I could. I'll never forget when I first got saved, I heard a story, and some of you have heard it here, but many of you haven't, of this man who had a daughter, and she came down the stairs to go to prom. And the, the, the father was reading the newspaper. She came down those stairs. She had spent hours on her makeup, getting dressed, getting pretty, going to prom. And she comes down those stairs, and she says, Daddy, do I, how do I look? And the dad did not even look back at her, did not put the newspaper down, didn't say anything to her to affirm her. And she walked out of that house mad. She was a virgin that night. She went to that prom and she gave up her virginity, angry at her dad because her dad didn't tell her she was beautiful. And she tells the story that that started 20 years of prostitution for that woman. She's, she, she tells her testimony today that she was 20 years a prostitute because she was just looking for some affirmation from her dad. If her dad would have turned around and said, you look beautiful, that's all she would have needed. Why do I say that? Because God affirms us, but too many times we don't listen. We're too busy getting affirmation from other people. We're too busy wanting someone else to pat us on the back and someone else to tell us we're doing good. If you're going to make it for God, you need to look into this for affirmation. This is all the affirmation you need because people are going to fail you. People are going to say things that hurt you. Sometimes it's not on purpose. They're going to say things that hurt you. Some of us in here today are living our lives believing the lie of things that people have told us. And today God can erase that. I've told you all kinds of verses here that God says, I know you. You're my workmanship. You're the clay. I'm the potter. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're chosen. You're beautiful. You're special. Who are you going to listen to today? You're going to listen to the world or are you going to listen to God? I'm listening to God. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray that this has encouraged some people. That's all I wanted to do today was encourage some people, Father, and let them know they're unique, they're special, they're one of a kind. You, you've, you're, you're shouting to us through creation, through our fingerprints and our teeth and our eyes and our tongue and our ears. God, that we're unique and you set us apart differently and you don't deal with us the same way. Just like a parent does not deal with a child the same way. There's a unique way to deal with each child. Father, you deal with us uniquely this morning, and you've got a plan and a purpose for us. And you want to do great things in our lives. You want to use us this morning. You want to, you want to do miracles. You want to do wonders in us. But God, we got to get to the place where we realize that we are special. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. That you don't make mistakes, God. That you're a good God that you love us with an unconditional love. Today, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, this morning you're here, you're listening to God's word, and today you don't know God. You know of him. You've heard about him this morning. You've heard about his works. You've heard about how great he is, but you don't know him. The Bible says if we'll become born again, we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we were born once physically. 
What's that, what that means is you were born once physically, but to be born again means to be born again spiritually. Spiritually, you need to be born again. If you're here this morning and you've never put faith in Jesus Christ, he says, you're my workmanship. He says, I've called you to proclaim my good works. If you've never done that, if you've never put faith in Jesus, this morning is your day. Today is your day. Would you just right where you're sitting say, Pastor, would you remember me in prayer? Would you just lift your hand and say, I need salvation this morning. I need to be born again. I don't know the Lord. I'm not saved. Amen. Maybe you're here and you're you're, 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 dis, you're depressed, you're struggling, you come, you come in hurting inside, you come in and, and this message has been for you. God's really spoken to you, He's really encouraged you with His Word. I just, we want to pray for you today. We want to let God's Word just soak in. Because I'm telling you, behind you is a whole bunch of people that need Jesus. A whole bunch of people that need Jesus. Let's stand to our feet this morning. And I want to do one thing real quick while we stand. If everybody here would repeat the sinner's prayer with me for the podcast. We never know who's listening. Amen. We never know. Maybe someone's listening online who's thinking about taking their life. And today the Holy Spirit's speaking to them right now. And they can say this prayer. Every once in a while the Lord impresses me to do this online. So let's all say this together. And maybe somebody listening who knows where, some other part of the world, is going to say this with us. Lord Jesus. We thank you this morning for who you are. You're the creator of all things. And your word says that I am your workmanship. Jesus, I ask you right now to forgive me for my sins. I know that I fall short of your glory. I know the wages of my sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus, remember me today as I put my faith in you and turn away from my ways and trust your word. Jesus, write my name in the Lamb's book of life because I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart God raised him from the dead. And I thank you for my salvation today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to open up the altars for a few minutes. You can pray at your chair. You can come down and pray. I'd love to pray with you. If you're discouraged or encouraged this morning, God knows what you're praying for. We're going to sing a song and just take a few minutes to just worship the Lord. Whether you come or stay at your seat, let's just worship God. We're going to sing a song that says,